0: Hello, hello. I am so excited that this day is here. What an amazing turnout. And it's just truly a gift. But I don't think I have ever spoken after such an amazing homilist as Father Peter John Cameron, and that is truly a gift as well. You know, as I was thinking about my talk and the purpose of really my role here, uh I am the director of this little humble ministry. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to do is really take a minute and reflect on, you know, what is a Congress? This is our 10th annual Congress. So it's a very significant moment for us as um, it's a milestone. And one of the things I did is as I was, um, you know, setting up the registration system, A lot of times the question popped up of where are you, where are you registering from? So as we are gathered in Columbus, Ohio, we have people on our live stream from Texas, Pennsylvania, from international presence of South America, London. We have people in Europe, Australia. We have people gathered here on the live stream, really almost from every state, Connecticut. We got a few registrations this morning from Wisconsin, so I want you to know you're, you're not alone. The enemy loves to make us feel divided, but we have an, a tremendous mission here. We are gathered with this profound and deep understanding that we want to come to know the love of Jesus Christ and spread that to others. So what does the word Congress mean? The definition is a meeting of delegates for the discussion and usually actions of some question. It is defined as a formal meeting, such as representatives from states, different political parties, trade unions, and groups. It typically revolves around either a great battle or recovering from war. I couldn't help but think of the Continental Congress of 1774, which provided leadership during the American Revolution and drafted the Declaration of Independence and the Articles of the Constitution, or the Confederation. Another Congress example is the Congress of Vienna, which took place in 1814 to 1815. That focused on the reorganization of Europe after the Napoleon Wars. An additional Congress, which was very moving, was the, the Eucharistic Congress. Many of us have, are, might have heard about this. Recently, we celebrated actually the 52nd Eucharistic Worldwide Congress. This event began with the first one in 1882, June 21st. It was actually started by a lay woman who spent 10 years begging the clergy to come together to gather religious, um, the clergy, religious, and the lady to bear witness to the true presence of the Holy Eucharist. This Congress really inspired me and made us think about our roots, our 10 years— the, the vision of Father Stosh Daily to have us gather. The understanding and the importance of monthly radio programs. The significant understanding of what it means to enthrone Jesus in your home, in your heart, and allow his reign to take place. As we look at the liturgical calendar, we can see that at the end of the month, we'll begin Advent. We will have Thanksgiving right around the corner. We'll be gathering, hopefully, with our loved ones. And yet, we will also celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. So this time for the Congress is actually very strategic, I believe. And I I hope, I pray that our numbers continue to grow and that we see that we too are part of a great spiritual battle. We're here to contemplate the love of Jesus Christ and answer that question that longs in our heart. What, What is the role of the Sacred Heart in my life? How am I going to respond to his love? Now... You know, as I mentioned that the the Congress, Claiming the Promises of the Sacred Heart is my talk title. That's a piece of my book, um, The Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus' Promises in Your Life. And the key word is claim, the response that we have. What are we called to do with the love of Christ? Now, when we look back in history, I would like to just pinpoint a few historic events that help us answer why we gather. First, St. Gertrude the Great, who lived in the 12th century, received this mystical, unbelievable apparition from St. John the Apostle, where they actually rested their head together on the heart of Jesus, listening to the heartbeat. And she said about the apparition, she said, But the language of the blissful pulsations of the sacred heart, thats what St. John said, is reserved for latter times, that the time-worn world grown cold in the love of God may be warmed up in hearing such mysteries. And isn't that why we gather to meditate, to reflect on what are these mysteries? What, what does this heart mean to me? So important. As we mentioned earlier, the influence of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, 1670s, she received the visions of Jesus where he appeared to her. He spoke about his love for humanity. He said, my heart is no longer being able to be contained in my chest. I love so much. And that is why if you were wondering, what is a sacred heart image? It always has his heart outside of his body. He told St. Margaret, Behold the heart which has loved man and that has spared nothing even to exhausting and consuming itself in order to testify its love. And in return I received the greater part only in gratitude by their irreverence and their sacrilege, by their coldness and contempt they have for me in the sacrament of love. And what a gift this morning as we gathered to be with Bishop Robert Brennan to receive the sacrament of love, our spiritual food, the Eucharist, because truly the sacred heart of Jesus always pulls us to the Eucharistic heart of our Lord and develops in us a greater love and fervor for the Holy Mass, for our faith. As we gather here today, we look at the influence of Father Matteo a young priest who was actually called to this mission around the 1900s he um, experienced he was down in Chile he experienced um, a, a great earthquake and he was building a faculty building for his law school and it crumbled to the ground and the only thing left was an image of the sacred heart And that beautiful image, the historic image, meant so much to him that he went on pilgrimage. His health was weak, and he knew that he was called to promote the love of God. And with that, he actually ended up in the very convent of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, praying in that very space. And he not only had a miraculous healing in that time of prayer, but a profound understanding that the twelve promises of the Sacred Heart must come alive. That we must really enthrone Jesus in our hearts and in our homes so that we shall be blessed. Father um, Matteo actually went to Pope, St. Pope Pius X in 1907. And after this, this visit, told him, the Pope about this idea of enthronement. And the Pope said... Father, I don't permit you. I command you to promote enthronement. In 1915, Pope Benedict XV approved the official definition of enthronement as the installation of an image of the Sacred Heart as on a throne in a place of the highest honor in the house so that Jesus Christ our Lord visibly reigns in Catholic homes. So that gives you a little bit of an understanding. What is so interesting about Father Matteo is he saw the wave of modernism and secularism pushing on the family. He saw families being physically torn apart through farming and poverty, and his heart was right there with them, wanting to strengthen them. He said as he toured the ruins of World War II, he spoke about how. This torn ruins, this this state, that nothing was sadder than the destruction of a Christian family. He knew that this is an important mission to build up the Christian family, to build up the Catholic family. And this is something that he, he, he built this roadmap, I believe, for us in the times that we live. Father Mateo also said something that was very interesting to why and Throne. He said, make your home another Bethany. That idea is so deep and meaningful when we look at who lived in Bethany, right? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, where Jesus came as friend. He interacted. For when we go about with the enthronement, we begin to welcome Jesus as king, savior, brother. I love to, protector and provider of the family, of you. And if you are saying in thinking, well, I don't know what to do. I live alone. My parents have passed on. You are always connected to your family. The enthronement is the understanding that we're part of God's family and that our family, we're always, always so blessed if they are here in this world or in the other. We are unified in our hearts. Archbishop Gomez recently said, the greatest thing you can contribute to the kingdom of God is to make a happy home where everyone loves one another and knows the love of God. I'm going to read that one more time. It's so simple, but so profound. The greatest thing you can contribute to the kingdom of God is to make a happy home where everyone loves one another and knows the love of God. And that is our mission here today, to implement that and to spread that love to others. I do not stand up here with understanding and even perfecting that in the slightest. But I have the conviction that that is what we are striving for, and that is how we are going to change the culture. I believe that renewal is possible. I believe this Congress is significant in the eyes of the church and society. I know as we spoke last night, the mustard seeds spread out. Each one of us is called to mentor and help individuals and families who are suffering, so deeply suffering. Father Mateo also said the why. He said, this devotion is not for the pious and the few. And that's why we gather. We have to understand this is for all of us. This is for wherever you are in your walk. For many of us, hopefully, this is a new beginning. My favorite quote in the whole world by St. John Paul II is that the future begins today. The beautiful love of the Sacred Heart washes past our pains, and he helps in re- revitalize our heart. And so we have the offering of confession here today. So if you are carrying something deep in your heart, a deep wound, go to confession. Start new today. Allow that love to penetrate your heart. So as I sit here and I've spent a lot of time promoting and reflecting on why enthrone, I'm gonna begin first with the twelve promises and touch on a few key aspects. First, the twelve promises given to us by St. Margaret Mary Alico, and you do have a copy in your on the back of your litany card if you want to follow along or post in your home. I will give them all the graces necessary for their state in life. I will give peace to their families. I will console them in their troubles. They shall find in my heart an assured refuge during life and especially at the hour of death. I will pour abundant blessings on all of their undertakings. Sinners shall find in my heart the source of infinite ocean of mercy. Tepid souls shall become fervent. Fervent souls shall speedily rise to great perfection. I will bless the homes in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored. I will give priests the power to touch the most hardened of hearts. Those who promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart and shall never be effaced. The all-powerful love of my heart will grant to all those who shall receive Holy Communion on the first Friday, receive Holy Communion, I'm sorry, of nine consecutive months, the grace of final rep- repentance, they shall not die under my displeasure, nor without receiving the sacraments. My heart shall be their assured refuge in the last hours. So these promises, I want you to claim them in your life. And you might say, I'm here. I enthroned many years ago. Renew your enthronement. Go through that process. We did ours the day after Thanksgiving. I still remember 2013. I never would have imagined this would be where I would be in 2021. So claim it. Live it. Go forth. Also know that this does a devotion of great healing. Jesus reveals so that he can heal. If you meditate on this image, and hopefully you do have this image in your home, create a prayer space, create a place that you can go and bear your soul to our Lord, to speak to our Lord. And recently I've come to the profound understanding that it is a heart-to-heart exchange as he holds his heart out to us. And in many of the images, he's holding his heart out. Think about yourself lifting up your heart to him. As we say in the Mass, we lift up our hearts. Picture yourself connecting with his heart, listening for the heartbeat of our Lord. But in the culture we live, it is hard to listen. So carve out those times of silence and prayer. And if you want to grow closer to the heart of Jesus, why? It's so that we can come to know what his voice sounds like. So make sure, if you don't even know where your Bible is, just today, find your Bible, put it near your image of the sacred heart, dust it off, and read John 14:1. Come to me, all who are burdened. Well, actually, he, he says in that one, you know, the troubled hearts. That he wants to set our hearts apart. He wants to help us with our troubled hearts. He wants to us to experience the renewal that he has in mind for us. And that's very, very important. Is this abiding in his word. Abiding in his love. Coming to read the scriptures. Allowing it to come and its full circle. And to not be overwhelmed. To not fear. To not be burdened. But to know that our loving God is with us always. He also is offering us peace, which is very important. Why enthroned? So that you can experience his heavenly peace and the scriptures can come alive. I cannot say enough about that very important peace. And and lastly, build a legacy of the heart of Jesus. If you are at a place in your life and you're looking to, to cling to an identity, this is the perfect identity to make this your mission to love his heart. And I promise you it will transform your relationships because you'll begin to say and notice the things that you need to be sorry for. You'll begin to strive for a new love, not a love defined by our culture, but a love defined by the heart of Jesus. So I hope that you are able to recognize that the lord doesn't want your heart troubled that you go closer to the eucharist closer to scripture closer to the people in your heart and you can start to read their hearts see their hearts and our hard-heartedness is washed away so thank you so much for this opportunity to be here